0: what's up what's up what's up you are now tuned into what's the word podcast i am your host just jazz and i have three main goals to encourage you to grow godly character to equip you to live effectively in today's society and to open you to salvation through jesus christ so ditch what you heard and let's discover what's the word Welcome back, scholars. I'm so very glad that you decided to listen in on another episode. I want to start this episode off with some wins of the week. My win for this week, I would say, is being present. This new schedule has shown me that I don't have the discipline I thought I had But I'm working on it and it allows me to be present. I'm not worried too far ahead in advance and I'm not harping on what already happened because hasn't much happened. But I'm allowing myself to be in the moment and I love it. Our first Bible study series will take us over the post-captivity books of Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther. And I think that these books show us how to rededicate our lives to God. The first book of Ezra, we see it covers about 141 years of history. Jerusalem is overthrown, it is destroyed, and the exiles, the Israelites, have to live in Babylon. They're in Babylon living for 47 years and then Babylon is overthrown by King Cyrus. He's the king of Persia and he's way nicer than Nebuchadnezzar. He allows the exiles to go back to their hometown. Zerubbabel immediately steps up and leads the first group of exiles back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding the altar. He takes with him about 50,000 captives. And I'm reminded that we cannot let our comfort prevent us from doing God's work. Once the Israelites got back to Jerusalem, they immediately began to build the altar and the altar was complete. Then they began to prepare to rebuild the temple. And in this moment, I'm reminded that preparation may not seem like it's heroic, but it is all a part of the process when we want to do things well for God. In chapter three, it mentions once the foundation was laid, there was a sound that could be heard from Jerusalem and it was the younger Israelites proud of the work that they had accomplished and they were praising God for his glory and the older Levites and priests were crying because they had saw a once beautiful temple and now they saw how inferior this second temple would be and they just couldn't fathom it and in that moment I reminded that you can't compare your walk with God to someone else's you just have to live your life God cares more so about who we are than what we accomplish that's when we find ourselves in chapter 4 in chapter 4, I want you to read with me about the opposition that came with rebuilding. I will be reading out of the NIV translation of the Bible. Again, we are in Ezra chapter 4 verse 1. It says, When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard of the exiles rebuilding a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the Families and said, Let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, and king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the family of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and to make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials and worked against them and to frustrate the plans during the entire reign of King Cyrus, king of Persia, down to the reign of King Darius of Persia. Today, I want to remind you that the enemy will try to get you off your game of doing God's work if you let him by offering compromising alliances and attempting to discourage you. While reading this chapter, I decided to research the process of rebuilding and I realized that it took more time, effort and dedication than building the first time because we had to knock down those old fixtures and things that didn't serve us anymore. And I think that we have to do the same when rededicating and reoffering ourselves to God and getting realigned with God. We have to throw away all of those ideas that we heard from people that we don't know to be true for ourselves. Within the first couple of scriptures, we see the enemy coming to compromise their position. They want to throw out that they know God. But how many of us know that people can know God and not obey him? People can know God and not fear him. People can know God and not do his work. It's cool for people to put God in their bio or maybe a scripture reference, but they're not out here doing what God is asking them to do. So don't be fooled because somebody knows God. We have to be strong in the face of opposition, knowing what they are up to before they even act. In this passage, we didn't see Zerubbabel break into prayer and ask God to help him avoid all obstacles. What we saw is that he surrounded himself with people who were also Holy Spirit led, who supported him and encouraged him during this difficult time, which made me want to do an inner circle check myself. Down in verse four, we see that once the hating didn't work, they started telling lies. They went around and tried to discourage the people who were helping, which reminds us that there's no perfect time for the enemy to come in and disrupt things. He's going to disrupt things right when you think you're on target, right when you feel with the Holy Spirit, he's going to come in and try to discourage you. Because of his fear, the enemy was scared of the power that God had. And so he wanted to throw in a little curveball. Don't be discouraged if at first when you start this rededication process that you feel like there's more opportunities to do wrong. More people are coming in with bad influences and you're like, why now all of a sudden? That is a strategic ploy of the enemy his goal is to discourage you because the discouragement will eat at the motivation and then when you're not motivated you a little doubtful and a little fearful and now you're immobilized and you don't want to act because you don't know that's exactly where the enemy wants you we won't be there because we will continue to surround ourselves with like-minded individuals who want to see us win who want to see us do the work that God has planted on us who are also heavy on the Holy Spirit led. I want you to continue reading chapter 5-10 through to realize the extent that the enemy went to knock the Israelites back into destruction. After reading chapter 4, I came up with some very practical ways that we can defeat the enemy when he tries to knock us off our game of doing God's work. The first thing we can do is plan for the opposition to attack. We have to be ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Zerubbabel showed us what it meant to stay ready. The second thing we can do is beware of those who claim to know God only for their selfish gain. And the last thing we can do is overcome fear and discouragement by being in community with others who are trying to rebuild their relationship with God. Sometimes the enemy can catch us off guard with some of the obstacles that come our way when doing the work of God. But if you plan for these attacks, you won't be surprised. The next time you're faced with opposition from the enemy, you should move ahead with the work God has planned for you and trust him to show you how to overcome these obstacles. Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please share the link with them. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review. Make sure you stay connected with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast, and on Twitter at underscore underscore what's the word. If no one has told you today, I love you and I appreciate you. Now go be a blessing. Be sure to tune in next week's episode where we will talk about the life of Zerubbabel.